Welcome to Medicated Babbling, the rants, the laughs, the tiny baby steps that get us through chronic illness. And quick disclaimer before we get started, um, I am not a health practitioner of any kind. Uh, I'm a person with chronic illness and opinions. And that's about it. So let's get started. Okay, I know it's late, but Happy New Year, everyone. Um, January apparently got away from me because, again, I'm racing the clock to try and get this posted by the end of the month. We'll see what happens. Um, but in general, I hope everybody's holidays were great and they got through okay because holidays can be tricky. And uh, now we just have the dark months of winter, uh, at least up here in the northern hemisphere, to get through. I personally don't mind the cold, but I know it affects a lot of people's conditions. And between that and the snow and the ice, it does not make it easy to get out and about like normal. So like that's one of the reasons I think advent calendars shouldn't be in December. There's enough hype and anticipation in December for the holidays. They should be in January and February to help get us through all this. And another thing, I know cultural appropriation is bad. But at this time of year, I think we should be allowed to appropriate any festival of lights to get us through. And how do we keep these things on like the side of cultural exchange as opposed to cultural appropriation? That's again a whole other topic. But cultural exchange I think is great. But um, you know, there's a line and it often gets crossed and the line moves and I don't know what to do about that. But that's again, not this podcast, not my problem. I have enough problems. But what I mean is like, we need all the help we can get to get through this time of year. And most traditions have some sort of festival of lights. Some are religious, some aren't. I don't know all the nuances of them because again, not mostly not my cultures. Uh, but either way, it's dark. It's depressing. The days are, are getting longer, but you really can't tell for the first part of the winter. And that's why I think most of these traditions they gather family and friends. There's a festival, like I said, festival of lights. There's lighting candles. So again, bringing light in, bringing friends and family in. Because it is so easy to be isolated when it's dark and cold outside. Okay, so I think Dwali, 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 oh, I don't know. My brain's not working great today, guys. Uh, is the early one, earliest one I can think of. Because I think that one's like October, November... Is it lunar calendar based? Anyway, I know it moves around, so we can start with that one. That gets us through October again. Here I am breaking my own rule. But, you know, some people's seasonal affective disorder type stuff happens as soon as the days start getting shorter. So, and I love me a holiday, so that's a good one to start with. So that's October, November, and then we move into like Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa season. So... That covers December. We've got more than enough things going on, uh, either in your own culture or whatever, or somebody else's, where we can we can we can pretty much get through December. And then there's Lunar New Year, which is usually January, February, and here in Toronto, it's often called Chinese New Year, which a lot of different Asian countries and probably other places too do Lunar New Year. So I don't know why that is, but anyway, that gets us through. To Valentine's Day in February, which I know can make some single people depressed. I've never really been bothered with it, whether I'm single or not. But to me, the biggest impact is that I know restaurants are going to be crazy. So I'm going to be staying home to cook. I'm trying to be extra good with money right now. So cooking is cheaper anyway and usually healthier. 
But that is not the point of this story. I am trying not to digress. Not going to work, but I'm trying. So that gets us most of the way through February. And what I don't know what to do, but is March. Are there any good Festival of Light type things in March? Or maybe it's too late for that. Is there any like good anticipation of spring type thing? I guess we used to do Canada Blooms. Okay, no, no, no. I should, again, digressing. Well, I guess not really. It's on theme, but I should explain. Well, this whole festival thing was a, is a digression. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but uh, I should explain Canada Blooms. So it's most definitely not a holiday or like, a, you know, large cultural tradition, but it was a tradition a friend of mine started years ago. So Canada Blooms is a gardening, horticulture, landscaping type show. And which for me, living in a condo or apartment is mostly useless, to be honest. I mean, I could pick up a houseplant if I wanted and there, but that's not why we went. It's because, so they would turn like a, your standard convention center, like a big concrete box and it would, they would turn it into like an explosion of plants. And I, I swear the oxygen content was higher in there and it was great. And winter Toronto is very gray. Like, so even just, just looking at all that green made my eyes happy. So, but sadly, like the problem with that one is a while back, it became part of the home show. And basically now it just gets smaller and smaller every year. It's, it feels like an afterthought to be honest. And I'm sure the organizers work really hard and all that. So I'm, I, they're great, but I just, it, just uh, it's not really worth it anymore so now my friend and I only go if we can score some free tickets because like I said not much there anymore so I guess I'm looking for a new March tradition I mean the days are longer in March but winter is not over yet I could definitely use something in March okay like I said I did not mean to go on and on about winter festivals but to be honest, living in a city, in a condo, makes winter uh, way less stressful, like chronic illness or not. I don't have to shovel a driveway and between all the buildings downtown, you know, and businesses and the city, like the snow is usually cleared up pretty quickly. It's not a big deal. I mean, it's not perfect, especially if you have mobility issues, but this is still just way easier than if I had to do all the maintenance myself. Uh, I mean, they just, that, that, mm, yeah, I can't imagine trying to shovel while having a migraine. Again, I can, I can feel the, my head pulsing every time I picked up a, a shovel full of snow. But anyway, so I don't have to deal with that, which is good. And also like, again, I live rather central in the city. So most of the things I need are close by. I'm not having to drive through like blizzard conditions to get groceries. I mean, I have to walk, but you know, don't have to drive through it, which is nice. Um, or like if I had to go to a doctor's appointment, usually you can get there by transit. So it, I mean, I may have to wait for the transit in the, what, in the cold for what feels like way too long, but again, way less stressful than actually driving. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons to living in a condo or apartment as opposed to a house, you know, and re- whether you live in a city or the suburbs or in a rural area, uh, but again, way too much to go into in this podcast because my brain 
is it's almost done. And now I think I'll finally get to what I meant to talk about the whole entire time. So one of the pros of living in my particular building is the docks. So a lot of places don't allow pets of any kind or, you know, only really small ones or only ones that are inside your unit. So you can't have, uh, you know, a dog that you have to go walk, uh, but you could have like say a house cat. Um, but my place does allow dogs and I think it's great. For one, it means people are out and about more walking their dogs. So I get to bump into my neighbors and there's just more, more life in the, in the neighborhood because of it. And also I selfishly get to play with their dogs. Honestly, I know the dog's names more than I know the owner's names and petting dogs in the elevator makes elevator rides way more enjoyable. In relation to this, one of the best things happened the other day. There is this very old, very sweet Rottweiler in my building. I mean, she is so old that when she's just sitting, she looks like her bones creak. And I feel really bad for her owner, who is also very sweet, because a lot of people are scared of the big Rotty, and I, and I totally get it. They look impressive, they're often trained to be guard dogs, so they have a bad reputation that way, and they're also a rather large dog. And also, I'm in Toronto, like I said, apparently a lot in this episode, uh, so a, there's a lot of people from all sorts of different places, and not everyone has grown up in a country where dogs are cute, cuddly pets. So when you put all of this together, they often have to wait for several elevators to go by before they can get on one. Because like I said, the owner is sweet too and she doesn't want to freak out her neighbors. So anyway, like I said, this dog would tug at your heartstrings anyway. She's a sweet old girl, but I think it's also probably pain and chronic illness on my part uh, that I empathize with this dog extra hard because I recognize the way she's sitting. She sits so still to, I don't know, conserve her energy or, or not move so it doesn't hurt or brain fog or whatever. Like it just resonates with me. I know what she's doing. And I don't know this dog's actual state of health. Again, at this point, <laughs> it's me just totally projecting all over her, but, um, I was, like I said, you know, elevator ride, pat the dog on the head, life is good. And uh, the owner's hand started to rustle in her pocket and the dog totally perked up. Two seconds ago, she gave, looked like she gave zero fucks about the world. And now her eyes have that little sparkle and she is so focused because it was time for the after walk treat. And I did learn the phrase food motivated from the dog training world. And I have unofficially diagnosed my entire family as food motivated as well, which I know you're not supposed to diagnose other people, but I mean, we give directions by which restaurant things are closest to. So anyway, again, digressing, going to keep on track. Okay. So I did, I guess it is on track because I did make a joke with the owner about being food motivated and she said the best thing ever that it all boils down to chicken and cookies. And that's what makes the world go round for this lovely old dog. And now I think this dog is a genius and my new guru, life coach, whatever, because it is perfect. Chicken and cookies. I mean, okay, I'm a veggie head, so it won't 
literally be chicken for me. It'll be figurative chicken. You know, chicken spelled in a weird way or in quotes. But other than that, chicken and cookies works on so many levels. I mean, you have to be mindful and grateful about the little things. Chicken, cookies, little things. Because it really is the little things that get us through. And balance between, like, covering your basic needs, chicken, and also having fun or a treat or a break or whatever. So that's cookies. It can't all be chicken. It can't all be cookies. It has to be chicken and cookies. And alliteration, because I like me some alliteration. But honestly, chicken and cookies. I think it's my new mantra... Mantra? Mantra? I don't know. Anyway, I think it's my new mantra or motto or theme. Again, whatever. And I don't know if it's for this year or this decade or the rest of my life, but it just sums everything up so nicely. And I haven't cross-stitched in ages, but now I want to have a cross-stitched sampler. Hampler? Oh, guys. It's been, I'm just lucky I'm not switching too many words out right now. Anyway, so now I want to have a cross-stitched sampler hung on my wall because like this is just so concise and so perfect. It just sums up the entire universe and like chicken and cookies. And I know I said I was going to, okay, so I'm, I'm getting done now. So I know I usually uh, end uh, the podcast on a dash of happy Honestly, this this dog is my dash of happy, so she counts. She's totally, she's the theme. She's also the dash of happy. And, uh, okay, so outro housekeeping type things. I am usually would say please subscribe. But, oh gosh, there's a whole rant about that too. So, okay, uh, the podcasting world has lied to me. I mean, not on purpose. They don't know, or, you know, it's more always more complicated than you think it is. So, I was under the impression that if you put a podcast on Apple and if you put a podcast on Google, it'll get disseminated to the rest of the podcast players. And that seems to work sometimes, but not others. So I've bumped into a couple friends where it, it, they couldn't find it or whatever. So I know one friend who I bumped into, I later downloaded the app and his podcast player had, you know, a search function to find podcasts. And that wasn't bringing it up, but it also had a search with iTunes feature that was um, an option. And I don't know that he realized that. Anyway, so with search with iTunes, it was totally findable. Another friend, she is using the same app as I am. I searched and found it, no problem. She searches and it doesn't show up. So I have no idea what's going on there. Still trying to figure that one out. And somehow it came up in converse, it came up somewhere, maybe probably on another podcast I was listening to, that for Stitcher, Spotify, both, maybe, I don't remember, one of them, it started with an S, I wrote it down. Anyway, I have to submit my podcast so that it's part of their platform. All of this to say, I don't know, subscribe if you can, I guess. Uh, and if you can't, uh, maybe let me know and I'll see if I can find anything. Um, I am not tech support for most of these products, so I can do my best, but I don't know that I'll be able to figure it out for you, but I can try or at least look into it. So that's one thing. So please subscribe if you can, uh, but you know, not everybody can clearly. So, uh, do the social media follow thing. Cause I will definitely post on there. There is an Instagram for at medicated babbling that, uh, is for all the podcasty stuff and I'll announce new episodes there. Uh, JT art and stuff is for me, uh, for my personal stuff. I also actually post episode drops 
but not much else podcast content there. Uh, Twitter, at mbabbling, because medicated babbling was too long for Twitter. I post some random things there, too. Facebook is also medicated babbling. I did good on the whole getting things relatively consistent. Uh, and, oh, excuse me. Anyway, uh, yeah, getting tired. Okay, and also, um, it does post to YouTube, because I know some people listen to podcasts on YouTube. So, that's it. I am clearly running out of spoons. I hope, fingers crossed, this will be up in by the end of January. Uh, but I did want to thank, um, thank Fresh Kills. You know, you can find at Fresh Kills anywhere on the internet uh, for the intro and outro music. And also the listeners, because, uh, yeah, I need to get more consistent with posting. So I am very grateful that anybody listens to this. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, yeah, don't forget you matter. And uh, I'll talk to you next time. One, two, three, four, get it. One, two, three, four, get it. Four.